WBMC HD3 Detroit, KMPS HD3 Seattle, WBMX HD3 Boston, and on AOL Radio and Yahoo Launchcast. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. What would really happen if governments or whoever officially acknowledged the existence of extraterrestrials on Earth? Are the media underreporting on the subject or biased against it? Hey there, and welcome to the 508th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and those timely questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. And this evening, we welcome you uh, back our regular day, uh, a regular guest, excuse me while I remember how to talk, uh, from the uh, UK uh, for a... Uh, an update on uh, those very, very questions that we just asked. You can also call us uh, during the show at 248-545-7685. Gary Hesseltine is a sort of UFO renaissance man, now retired from over 25 years with the British Transport Police. He is now the publisher of UFO Truth magazine. He is also a screenwriter, author, and editor. Gary's interest in UFOs stems from a childhood sighting in his native Lincolnshire in 1975 when he was 15. He became an active researcher in 2001 when he started work on the, uh, excuse me, on the PRUFOS, I guess it's pronounced, Police Reporting UFO Sightings acronym, uh, database, which contains hundreds of cases going back to 1901 and involving over 800 British police officers. A regular contributor to UFO Magazine, Gary later founded UFOMonthly.com and was editor of UFO Data Magazine. The online UFO Truth Magazine debuted earlier this year. As a screenwriter, uh, Gary is working <clears throat> on several movie and television projects, including a feature film about the Rendlesham Forest UFO incidents of 1980. He lectures regularly throughout the British Isles and in the U.S., including the National Press Club in Washington, where he was presented with a prestigious Disclosure Award by UFO activist Steve Bassett, who has been our guest several times and whom uh, we think might call in this evening. We'll see. Gary's website, ufotruthmagazine.com. So, Gary Hesseltine, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal. Oh, we lost him. We <laughs> did? Oh, dear. Well. <laughs> we did indeed. Well, then. I wonder how that happened. We'll have to try and get him back. No, uh, do not. Let, allow me to do this while you okay, talk yeah, about things. Good. Well, in any case, um, th- this is a major issue within the UFO community, the idea of disclosure. All right, there. All right, everyone. Looks like we are uh, currently trying to get our uh, guests back. It is Behind the Paranormal with uh, Paul and Ben Eno. I think what we'll do now, we'll take a very short break. We'll be right back. Get a jump start on your week ahead with Zoe Moon Astrology, astrologer to the stars. Zoe Moon's understanding of personal energy patterns is uncanny. Stop by her free weekly blog site at zoemoonastrology.blogspot.com to read what the stars have in store for you and see what all of Hollywood is buzzing about. That's zoemoonastrology.blogspot.com. And listen to Zoe live on the sky every Thursday night at 8 o'clock, where she'll take your questions and give you the weekend forecast for all the signs. A reading with Zoe Moon shows you where the lucky doors are opening, where the obstacles are waiting, and how to focus your path based on your personal energy. It's an in-depth, comprehensive look at how you tick, arming you with indispensable knowledge to make informed choices. Zoe Moon is available for private astrology readings by request and right here on the sky every Thursday night 
at 8 o'clock. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. Welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. And with us we have Gary Hesseltine, uh, where uh, we had a little bit of a bumpy beginning, but we're going to get right back to the show right here. So, Gary, what's uh, been featured in um, the UFO Truth for the past few months? Well, the, uh, the, the third issue was something of a, uh, of a landmark in the sense that uh, it was Rendell's from Forest, Bentwaters themed, um, because it marked the 30th anniversary of the uh, the case hitting the national press in the UK, which was in October 19, uh, 1983. So that was the 30th anniversary. So I asked a number of people, including Colonel Charles Holt, uh, Robert Hastings, uh, Peter Robbins, myself, to put pieces towards it. And uh, Colonel Holt, who doesn't normally write for magazines, but obviously with my association he did so. Uh, and uh, in a sense, he was quite controversial, really, uh, because he uh, he basically uh, thought it was very suspicious about the uh, Peniston mine records, and he, he came kind of and uh, gave a judgment on that. And then, uh, as coincidentally, I followed on from that uh, and did some research into the alleged uh, mine record download. And, uh, and and have real reservations as well about it. So really? we can talk That's about that if you want. We can now, talk about it if you want. Oh, yeah, go for it. Why not? Yeah, we uh, just in case anyone... I can't imagine anyone who listens to this show regularly is not an expert on the Rendlesham case. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, the, uh, the, the primary, one of the primary controversies right now tends to uh, circle around, of course, the, uh, the Larry Warren experience and the Peniston Burroughs experience, which has to do with this, this binary code download, and they have a new book coming out about this. And we're neutral on this. We've uh, been there ourselves and, and uh, talked to a lot of people locally who have some interesting uh, ideas. But uh, so, so that's essentially uh, the background. So go ahead and uh, give us some background on that, Gary, and tell us what you think. Well, essentially, uh, Holt uh, has basically said in an exclusive for the magazine, that uh, he'd worked with uh, Peniston on a number of documentaries and had looked through that pocketbook over the years uh, on several occasions and had never seen the mine records. So when, uh, in 2010, Jim came out with the mine record download information, he was somewhat taken aback, as I think many other people were. Now, that's not to say that it's not possible that he's missed them, but he found it very surprising that not only did he uh, that he, he'd never seen the pages, but that at no time during that period of working together on documentaries that he ever had confided into him um, what uh, what had happened, if that were the case. Which, if you think about it, uh, Jim Peniston stood up uh, and announced the binary records at the Woodbridge in England. Uh, 30th anniversary conference in 2010, December mm. 2010, uh, and up until that time, um, nobody was aware of this information. Uh, and then he stands up and he, he announces to a packed audience, oh, "I've got a revelation for you. I got a download of information." Now, what he said initially, and this is my res- touching on my research uh, because I watched that in detail, is uh, that basically there were three reasons why. He didn't uh, tell anybody. 
One, because he thought everybody would think he was crazy. Uh, two, he feared for his career. And three, kind of like, who do you tell? Um, well, on the face of it, they're all kind of they're all kind of plausible reasons. But if you think about it, they're not that plausible um, because who was the one person uh, who kind of shared his experience almost to the very minute, um, albeit in a slightly different perspective, but who shared his experience and he never told him for thirty years, and that was John Burroughs, which I find as a de- former detective extremely odd. Yeah. Uh, so to me, that doesn't hold up. The one person who would understand him more than anybody else, because we're dealing with a crazy situation, was John Burroughs, and he didn't tell him until October 2010, which was just two months before that Woodbridge conference. And then it came out. Uh, there's various video clips of John Burroughs explaining how he found out. And one is that he said he was with uh, uh, Linda Moulton Howe and... Uh, they were making the Ancient Aliens documentary, which is which was featured about the band records where it first was emerged, and uh, and basically uh, somebody looked through the pocketbook. I think it was Jim Pennison was flicking through the pages, and, and and John said, "What's that?" And he said, "Well, I don't know what it is." And Linda Moulton Howe said, oh, "That looks like binary." Well, on the face of it, that's the story. Yeah, but here's the interesting thing: is that when I did some digging, um, we all probably are aware that uh, Jim Penniston underwent hypnosis regression in 1994. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, um, what what um, came out of that I found quite surprising because there is a section in uh, in Linda Moulton's how, um, uh, book, Glimpses of Other Realities, I think, in 19, published in 1988, where she quotes extensively transcript format, uh, you know, the written transcription of the video interview and uh, in that uh, Jim Penniston is clearly under hypnosis and this is what how it goes in 1994 um, uh, they're asking if I can see the binary codes and Jim replies I can see the binary codes well they is the interrogators one would imagine uh, and his reply is yeah I can see the binary codes well if they are the interrogators and they mention binary codes first then I would hazard a guess that they're trying to implant information much in the same way that Colonel Holt believes that uh, Larry Warren was messed with in interrogation and therefore implanting a, a story uh, should uh, the, the story break in the media. Now, yeah. that to me makes logical sense. Uh, if you think about it, um, uh, Colonel Holt has always said that Larry Warren was messed with. Larry Warren has always admitted that he was messed with. Larry Warren believes the Capel Green story uh, absolutely, and there are certain factors that add some credit credence to that. Uh, but, but but Holt certainly doesn't believe that. And uh, uh, if you wanted to minimise and uh, downplay the significance of Holt's night, if you just believe the Holt group, uh, then you could d- plant some disinformation to negate that. Well, if you, if, if Warren was used for the Holt night. Well, what about if Penniston uh, came out with the binary codes and was implanted with that information, much in the same way that Larry Warren had for the first night? And the earlier great... Uh, nobody's disputing the fact that uh, Jim and John came across a landed craft, albeit their descriptions uh, differ. But here's the thing with the binary codes. At that 30th anniversary conference at Woodbridge, uh, 
Jim Penniston stood up and said that uh, he'd never told anybody about it apart from John two months earlier. And he didn't know what binary codes were. Well, that can't be true because he was talking about binary codes in 1994 when he was under regression. And even if he'd uh, uh, not known what they were genuinely, when he watched that video back of his uh, hypnosis, which I'm assuming he, he must have done at some point, he'd have gone, what's binary codes? And somebody would have told him. So, you know, by the very latest, when that book came out in 1998, uh, he would have had to know what binary codes were. So I can't understand why he would claim, you know, uh, in 2010 that he didn't know what binary codes were, because clearly by 1998, at the very least, he did. And I would say well, almost yeah. certainly 1994 that he did as well. Well, that is interesting. Now, we don't take sides on the show here. All these people are our friends. However, that is... I've never quite heard it put that way before. However, we do have to take a break. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me, you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio. And with our, our very interesting guest tonight and our good old good friend Gary Hesseltine. We'll be right back to continue on the UFO subject and disclosure. Just a moment. Stay with us. Enlighten. Empower. Enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons. No boundaries. said Juliet could you take me away from this Juliet said Romeo I wish I could but I don't think so I've tried to run other times before but this world always seems too slow and oh my my they'll steal it all from you but let me help you to see this time 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 things over So Juliet grab Romeo Run to the car said come on let's go Let's not let them tell us what to do Oh no more Up in the glove box of 45 In a pram but just stay alive In a moment rode up on that liquor store She's singing after this time, this time, this time, this time, this time, this time, this time we'll start things over. After all this time, I'm still yours and you're still mine. After all this time. Mexico, love in the sunshine, no ghost, no phone. Juliet says, I love you, Romeo. She takes his hand, puts it on her side, says, try and guess what there is inside. I know we plan to wait, but well, surprise. Oh no, this time, this time, this time, this time, this time, this time. This time we'll start things over After all this time I'm still yours and you're still mine After all this time I'm still yours and you're still mine After all this time 
CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. Welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. And uh, I'm Ben, and over here is Paul, and with us is Gary Hesseltine. We're talking about the uh, binary codes of uh, Rendlesham. No, we hadn't Rendlesham. intended to talk about Rendlesham tonight, but no. this, this, is, <laughs> this is kind of significant. So, Gary, please continue uh, with the the issue of the binary code downloads at, at Rendlesham. Well, up until writing this issue, uh, I'd not really delved too much. I obviously was aware, but uh, I'd not really delved into it. But obviously, following on from what Colonel Holt said, I thought, well, I'll do some digging as well, which is maybe what you'd expect from somebody who's a former detective. So anyway, I looked to see what material was out there on the web, and sure enough, just two weeks after he made that revelation to people, um, on the 13th of January 2011, he went on the Angela Joyner radio show in the States, and at 27 minutes and 35 seconds into that interview, which anybody can pull up on YouTube, he actually contradicts himself totally from two weeks earlier and says... I knew what those six pages said before they were deciphered. And Angela Joyner is absolutely on air, taken back, and I would advise anybody to have a listen to that because it's totally a contradiction for what he said two weeks earlier. And then he said he knew that it was a probe and that they were time travellers, and he, he knew that for 30 years. Again, totally contradicting himself. Now, he said in... At various times, people have said, how many pages is there a binary code? And he's, at various times, depending on who he was talking to, he said 12 pages. Other people, 14 pages. Other times, 16 pages. Well, wouldn't it be seem logical to you that if you'd written them, you'd know how many pages that you'd had in your pocketbook? I don't think you'd be inconsistent with that. So all I'm saying is that when you look at it all, it's uh, very uh, confusing. Uh, it's inconsistent, and his, what I would say, having been an advanced interviewer of suspects and witnesses for many years, is that his body language changed significantly in 2010, when suddenly, at the Woodbridge Conference, he announces this. Now, he is, when he announces that, there's, I think there's 400 people in the room, and quite, um, I think, understandably, many of the people in the room had many, many questions, and they started to question him, and it became a little bit heated, uh, because they were somewhat angry that he would retain all this information. But it all centred on the fact that he's saying that, you know, who could he tell? Well, it's, it's ridiculous, because in 1994, he was talking about the binary codes, and he knew in 1994. So where you can hide for 16 years with that information, I don't know. Uh, whether you call that a lie or an inconsistency, I'll leave that for the audience, but I know what I would call it. Well, in in fairness to Jim, and again, we don't take sides here, but uh, in the 1994, he, and I, I've seen that, that recording of that as well, that interview, that uh, hypnosis session. When one is under hypnosis, now, now I don't remember if, if he was asked to remember what he said uh, under hypnosis or whether he, most people tend to, to not be aware of what they say under hypnosis, supposedly. Uh, there's that. And then there's the issue, but but you're right. I mean, I can't imagine that no no one would have mentioned it. 
when we were at uh, Rendlesham Forest and, and in the Woodbridge area, we made it a point to because we have this theory that the, this is the tip of the iceberg and the whole area. Well, you know how we think, yeah, yeah. and uh, that, that a lot of people locally who have not been in the limelight because they're just local people, they, they weren't military officers or anything else, and local folks, they uh, said that they themselves had received binary downloads, with the, as they described it, at and in the area of Randallsham Forest. Are you so, referring to uh, Brenda Butler and Dot Street? Brenda Butler, Dot Street, and several others. Right. And um, I, just so in fairness to Jim, maybe... You know, either he uh, really believes that he did receive this after having been messed with, or he really did receive it. And as he told us, he just didn't know, know what to do with the information. You no, know, as as you have stated, the same thing he told us. So, so we we just don't know. But uh, nevertheless, uh, what you say is is very well uh, very well taken. I think as a as a point. I mean, uh, that's not to say that it's not happened. I'm just saying there are lots of inconsistencies. Sure, with sure. how the information has been released. And now one of the things that he does say on various shows that he's done is that he will get the the, uh, uh, the his police pocketbook um, tested forensically for ink and for, for for the edge of the ink and the edge of the paper. Well, mm-hmm. that's fine saying it, but to satisfy natural enough questions, uh, then he has to produce those forensic results, which have to really go to independent labs totally away from engineering, totally away from the book that he's writing, mm-hmm. and be verified by independent people. Well, until he does that, he may well have done it. But if he has, then he should replace it. But he has to understand that there are major source of, uh, of questions. Understandably, it's a big thing, and, uh, and he has to verify it. Because he's hung on to it for a long, long time, so when this piece of so-called evidence comes along, people need to verify it. One is not just going to say, okay, I accept that, Jim. Uh, with the best will in the world, see anybody coming out with information, but you would verify its source forensically. And uh, that will surely uh, prove or disprove whether the paper and the ink is of the right page and the right paper if, uh, in uh, conjunction with the rest of the pages. That needs to be done. Mm-hmm. It has to be done by dependent people uh, away from those connected with the book and Ancient Aliens, which is where the first into the binary codes came out. Yeah, now, here's another interesting, now, here's another interesting thing. And now, uh, Linda Moulton Howe uh, got... Uh, he, he released initially the six pages in which ancient aliens uh, deciphered and came up with the seven coordinates around the globe, uh, including High Brazil off, off, uh, off uh, near Ireland, a mythical island off Ireland. Now, Linda Moulton Howe also got a copy of those six pages, but when she got her own binary code researchers, all she came back was coordinates for Woodbridge. So again, <laughs> what I would say is that, they, you know, so there was all about, you know, she couldn't come up with these set of coordinates uh, from all around the globe, but for ancient aliens it did. Now all I'm saying is that there may well be genuine co- coordinates, but again, to satisfy people as to the accuracy of what's written, those pages need to be released to independent uh, binary researchers with no axe to grind, no books to sell, etc., etc., so that they can verify. Now, what should happen in theory is that you've got the same information, you should all come up with the same answer. Yeah. Agree? 
Yes, uh, and just for those who don't know, Linda Moulton Howe is as a renowned science journalist from absolutely uh, from the southwestern United States and has looked into these matters for many many years. Is an award winning uh, Emmy award winning journalist. Uh, been on the show several times. Uh, so, okay, just just to uh, I always like to make clear who people are for those who don't know. Right. So, uh, also, if we uh, if we can move on to something else, yeah. we wanted to mention talk about your conference that you're planning. Oh, the conference is November the 16th, the uh, first magazine conference, and it uh, went down a great success. Uh, and it, uh, it was a nervous day for me, but uh, pretty I much think so. everything. Uh, well, I'd, I'd never certainly planned anything in my life of that scale. Uh, but uh, to be fair, other than uh, a couple of little minor technical hopes in the first 15, 20 minutes, uh, it, the rest of the day went brilliant, and the feedback has been absolutely brilliant. You know, people loved it. So I've already uh, decided on the strength of that to get a bigger venue. Um, and uh, there will be, instead of a one-day conference, there will be a two-day conference uh, with uh, eight speakers, four in each day, and there will be two international speakers. And, uh, and you know, I'm still in negotiation with people who that's going to be. But uh, basically that's booked for the 16th and 17th of August next year. Again, in the town where I love, Holmfirth. Everybody said Holmfirth's a beautiful village, great place. So it seems a good good place to, to, to hold it. Uh, but, yeah, no, the feedback was excellent. And uh, But what was significant there, Timothy Good, uh, the, uh, the uh, very famous uh, British author, um, uh, I awarded on behalf of the magazine a Lifetime Achievement Award to him for his 12 books and 50 years of research. Uh, so he was, uh, I think he was very touched by that. Uh, but, but, uh, but I think, he, he, you know, somebody who puts 50 years into this subject deserves some kind of accolade, don't you? Mm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. True. Oh, no, so Timothy is uh, certainly a legend in the field. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely a legend. So, Gary, you're one of the leading advocates. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I'm sorry. All right. Uh, well, anyway, you're one of the leading advocates of the UFO disclosure movement. So what's disclosure all about, and do you think it's a good idea? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think I think if you look historically at the why secrecy came in, I can understand and agree that perhaps initially in the late 40s and the early 50s with the Cold War, the end of the Second World War, people worried that there was going to be a Third World War, and I think that was palpable. There may well have been good uh, reasons to keep UFOs, i.e. ET, uh, secret. Um, but certainly uh, beyond uh, the ending of the Cold War and the Soviet bloc, then uh, I think the people have a right to know, and I think that we have to start telling the truth. And, uh, you know, that's that's really what it's all about is is just let's lay our cards on the table. Uh, and uh, he, I think I think really it all kind of started to go wrong after Eisenhower went out of administration and the, you know, the military industrial complex speech uh, where he feared that the uh, conglomerates and the uh, intelligence world was taking over. Well, I think that's exactly what's happened. And I think and I think everything that is kind of revealed with the Edward Snowden revelations about other aspects, about uh, PRISM and, and people's telephone and communications being bugged without their knowledge, you with no Senate oversight. It kind of all kind of goes to prove that that secret world really has got its fingers into many pies 
and I've no doubt that they've got them into UFOs and that uh, they just keep it secret now and it's probably all to do with the loss of power um, that people don't want to give up uh, the, you know, the, the money that they earn the interest that they've got globally you can now understand why people wouldn't want to lose that kind of power, uh, which is what you would lose. Which is what you would lose if you, if uh, Barack Obama stood up tomorrow uh, on the White House lawn and said, "Well, actually, we've known for sixty years that ETs here. Uh, they fly with impunity. Our planes can't get near them, um, and basically, they uh, we can't do anything. We kind of like render the world, in effect, uh, defenseless. Uh, so I don't think anybody's actually going to be keen to stand up and say that." But I think that as we, uh, as the Cold War ended, the real needs to keep it secret uh, ended. And I think the public should be told. And I think really just the disclosure movement is just, well, let's tell the truth. Now, you know, um, uh, Richard Dolan, uh, Bryce uh, Zabel wrote a book, uh, you know, AD Disclosure, What Happens Afterwards to Disclosure. Mm. Well, one of the things that's definitely going to happen that I foresee, which they foresaw, is that the, as and when that truth disclosure happens, uh, there will an all, be an almighty backlash against the media and uh, politicians for playing a part in keeping it secret for so long. But uh, it would seem up to me that um, the way to get over that um, resentment, uh, and it is going to be terrible resentment, uh, is you would have to have some kind of truth and reconciliation kind of hearings much in the same way that Mandela did, which is, uh, you know, an opportune time to mention Mandela, that uh, having been in prison for 27 years, you know, when it, when apartheid was finally uh, uh, kicked into touch, uh, rather than go after the people in, 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 a, in a, what could have been a very messy kind of a way, he, he chose to have truth and reconciliation, even though these people had done terrible, terrible things to his people and himself. Uh, well, so that, I think that that's the kind of way to go on. on. Sorry? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm afraid we have to take a break at this point. Yeah. But thank you for mentioning that. And we will be right back. It's Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS News Sky Radio. <coughs> Excuse me. Stick with us. We'll be right back with Gary Hesselton. Enlighten. Empower. Enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons. No boundaries.
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Well, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. And we're speaking this evening with Gary Hesseltine, a good friend, regular guest. Uh, who is an expert, of course, on uh, particularly police experiences with UFOs and uh, on the subject in general and uh, sort of a renaissance man in that field. We're going to get into that in a minute. But, uh, but first, before we burn up this hour, which we're doing very quickly, Gary, uh, tell us about uh, UFO Truth Magazine, uh, your website, and uh, something very interesting you seem to be working on right now. Well, uh, yeah, thank you for that. Uh, the, mag- you know, the magazine is established establishing itself pretty well all the feedback is excellent uh, um, Richard Dolan speaks very highly of it uh, Steve Bassett etc AJ Javad so you know there's some must be doing something right but realistically <laughs> when you've got the kind of people writing for the magazine who are the best people in the field universally recognised then, uh, then then it, it should do okay um, it's not a flood it's a steady lead but I mean with, with the fact that it's English language uh We've got readers from something like 19 or 20 countries, so mm-hmm. uh, it's growing nicely. Um, but I think one of the I think one of the things that you have with with the PDF format though is that a lot of people may get it and then pass it to 20 more as a copy. Uh, so I kind of try to say, well, if you do that, then the magazine won't grow in the, in the way it should do. And don't forget, the mission statement is that a third of all money is raised through subscriptions is ring fenced for UFO causes. Well, if you, you know, so we, we, we really should be buying it for ourselves. Uh, but I think that's just inherent with the PDF format. But, no, I'm really pleased with the magazine. Uh, the first conference I was a little bit nervous about, but uh, it went fantastically well. It was a sold-out event. It was only a small venue, deliberately small. Uh, and the next one will be two days, 240 people. So, again, uh, you know, I think that will sell out. Uh, and, and then we'll see where we go from there. Uh, the fact that there's going to be international speakers um, because the budget's getting better, because that's funded by the magazines, it were, means that, that, it, that we're expanding nicely. The website, well, I, uh, sorry. I don't know, I'm just going to say, I would like to second that. I, I was one of the early subscribers to the magazine, and uh, I was particularly impressed by, by the, the caliber of the, of the writers. So uh, I just want to second what Gary has said. Go ahead, Gary. Well, as I say, I mean, uh, it's, it's a who's who uh, of, of, of who in the subject. So, so really, it's who hasn't written. Um, you know, this this um, month we uh, feature for the first time Steve Bassett with an article. Obviously, the main activist in the UK, in, in the USA for disclosure, truth embargo, uh, Bernard Fuanel, who is a French aviation journalist, who was the man. Who, who actually, I think, um, uh, translated the uh, Cometer report, the, the famous French Cometer report um, done by various French dignitaries, uh, military people, which is very famous in the field. So he, he's coming on board with his first article. You know, uh, Richard Dolan's going to write uh, probably in the fifth issue now. So, uh, you know, Robert Hastings has just written. Uh, Peter Davenport's going to come in at some point uh, with an article. So... It's pretty much everybody. So that's good because they're all doing it free. And it's a way... What I wanted to do, the original idea, was obviously I'd met over the last 
years, pretty much all these top people, and I just said to them, you know, come on, I've got this idea, let's all work on one roof, you can put out whatever you want, but bear in mind that the magazine is a magazine for people who believe that some, and I repeat the word, some UFO sightings represent ET. So essentially all the people I've gone to believe that, and, and they uh, freely give articles to the magazine. Sometimes it's every month. Sometimes it's uh, on an occasional contributor basis. You're kind of fading in and out there, Gary. Are you hearing us all right? Yeah, no, you're loud and clear. Is okay, it, is it okay? Well, uh, let's. Uh, yeah, you're you're, uh, you're you're clear when 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 we when we can hear you. But just uh, we'll, we'll just take it extra slow here. Okay, uh, now, I'll, I'll go. I'll go a little bit slower. Good. Uh, now, Gary, you know that we take a rather canted view of particularly the area of disclosure. Uh, we're yeah. not sure that disclosure is such a fabulous idea. Now, Steve Bassett is on, whenever he's on with us, uh, we, we go through this, and he's adamant that no matter what the the truth is, he wants to know it. Uh, now, it's difficult to deny that there's a cover-up, but whether governments are doing it or someone or something else is pulling the strings, I think is a big question. There are some momentous issues here that aren't being addressed. What say you about maybe what we know being the tip of the iceberg and there being other factors that we're not aware of or things we might not be able to deal with as being part of the cover-up? Or are governments even doing it? I mean, what, what, are, what about the questions that are not being asked on this? Well, no, I think they're, they're very good points that you raise and there may well uh, be considerations that we're not aware of um, but wouldn't it be easier that there was some kind of a dialogue to say, look, actually, at a high level, sworn to secrecy level, certain people are pulled to one side uh, within uh, this field uh, who were told a little bit and said, look, blah, 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 we can't because of this. Or we're not going to give you too much information, but there are other reasons that you're not aware of in the interest of national security that we just can't do it. But yes, there is certain things going on within a certain field, ET or whatever. whatever. Now, in the end, what I always say to people is that there are only two worlds that I can operate in. Uh, and one has only access to one of them. There's the secret world, which I'll never operate in because I don't have the need to know. And uh, there's the public domain, which is what I can uh, use. Uh, and that's all I do. In the end, these bigger issues, uh, we'll probably never get to know. But fundamentally, do I think we should be told the truth regardless? I think, yes, I think uh, we have developed, uh, uh, mankind has developed to a point where people have a right to know. Uh, and it may not be nice, um, but I no. think we should know. Well, what one issue here too, Gary, is, and, and not to be cynical, but we seem to live in a global society that is just simply based on lies. Even if, if someone did come through with some of this information, how would we know? Why should they start telling the truth now on this? And how would we know? Uh, that is an inherent problem that we've got. Absolutely, no, I, I agree with you. Uh, how do you believe anything if 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 there has been lies? Uh, that's gone on for so long, how would you know when somebody was you telling you the truth? It's a good point. Uh, but well, it's a sad indictment of society, though, when 
we have to contemplate that all we get told is lies. Yes, it is. And yet these people are our supposed uh, representatives in government, etc., uh, etc. Et uh, so it, it doesn't paint a nice picture of uh, civilized society. Well, you know, it's funny. I asked uh, a fellow I knew very well who was a member of Congress from the state of Rhode Island where we live, which is the smallest state. It's a... Uh, people it's like come, a small town. Everybody knows yeah, everybody, everybody else. Knows it, people from the UK come here, and they feel they've often said they feel most at home in Rhode Island because it's really not any bigger than any of the the typical county in, in uh, England or Scotland. So, but so we tend to know our representatives. And I asked this particular congressman, um, "Do you is there really is there anybody honest in Washington?" He said, "Well, surprisingly, there are. There are many." dedicated public servants however they are not in the majority which was a mixed blessing of course so be that as it may i suppose all we can do is hope for the best yeah well i mean this sort of goes over to the um the sort of good segue if you will to the next topic which is the media which are essentially the voices of those who are in control or whatever and being someone who is in the process of studying to be in the media i can speak to um the fact that the media is definitely biased towards the whole UFO issue because, for one or thing – Or against it. Yes. Well, biased, I get, biased away from the whole thing, right. saying that it's all poppycock or whatever. And the reason why is because these people, all they know is media. <laughs> yeah. To, to, to put it quite simply, that's it. So if you suggest anything that seems a little bit out of the ordinary – Instantly, it's pushed away. Like, no, 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 that's not true at all. I mean, Gary, would you? I've agree got with a this? brilliant example. That's just, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think that there's a very narrow field of program making, and uh, it, it touches on something that um, going, going back to Reynolds, uh, uh, is absolutely uh, crystal clear. Uh, in is an example of how the media, by omission, doesn't tell the truth. They don't outright lie, they just do it by remission. And the reason why I can talk about this is because I recently was involved in a, uh, a documentary for mainstream terrestrial TV in the UK by a British company uh, that was airing it on ITV, the independent television channel, ITN, or ITV. And uh, it was about Reynoldsham, and I said, right, I'll give you an exclusive. And they said, oh, great. I said, now this is at the crux of the tale. And I said, uh, because people still go on about the lighthouse and it's ludicrous. But, you know, you say you want to make a, uh, a real truthful piece. Let's test you. And I said, right, I'm going to give you an exclusive. I'm going to take you to the field where Colonel Holt took me. And this is where the beam came down at his feet with his group of airmen and, and sergeants and, and, and officers. So that's uh, integral to the, to, the, to the third night with Holt where the UFO stops above his head at 1,000 to 2,000 feet and then shines a laser beam or akin to a laser beam down at his feet for about 20 seconds. Uh, and they're stood in awe and he's thinking, is this a communication? Is this a warning or whatever? And then it shoots off in the sky. So this is clearly an intelligent act by the UFO, which is at the crux of whether it's ET or not. And, uh, and they said, right, OK, this is brilliant. So I filmed it all. And I said to the presenter, I said, let's see if you get Gary, this in Gary, your final edit. We have to hold it because we have to take another break. Yeah, uh, uh, so fine. We'll be right back with Gary Heseltine on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS News Sky Radio. Stick with us. Are you looking for a great gift idea for someone interested in the paranormal? Then listen up. 
Roberts, we've got the perfect solution for you. Author and psychic detective Nancy Dutetra has just published a groundbreaking new book entitled Psychic Intuition. This book is unlike any other on the market today. It explains how psychic ability works in simple scientific and layman's terms and uses examples from Nancy's own life as a psychic detective and medium. The book explores all those thorny questions skeptics always ask and no one ever has an answer for. Like, why are women more intuitive than men? Is there such a thing as a sixth sense? Are psychics really just psychotic? How do psychic detectives get their information? What does it feel like to be touched by a ghost? What are the psychic senses and how do they work? Why won't science investigate this field? The book answers these and many more questions. Psychic Intuition is available on Amazon in paperback and Kindle format and also on Nancy's website, www.theskepticalpsychic.com. Buy it today. New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com, and Psychic Radio, PsychicOnAir.com, powered by CBS Radio, AOL, and Yahoo, is unlike any talk radio station, with a mission to improve the world one listener at a time. This is where you can be the star of your own show. Our listeners are truly unique, truly interactive, and passionate about their world. The Sky and Psychic Radio listeners genuinely care about the environment, social justice, their personal health, and raising people up to live their best life every day. Our motto is New Horizons, No Boundaries. New Age Views, Life Coaching, Psychic Analysis, Alternative Medicine, and Cutting Edge Mind, Body, and Spirit shows can all be found on the Sky and Psychic Radio. Perhaps you have what it takes to join our broadcast family, an open mind, a great idea, and a passion for enriching lives. Check out all the exciting details by clicking the microphone on our homepage at NewSkyRadio.com or give Lisa Rodman a call at 248-546-9600 to learn just how affordable it can be to host a show. I need somebody Help. Not just anybody Help. You know I need someone Help. Life's a game Win Call and get advice from today's top coaches That are here to help you run a business Offer legal advice Enrich your relationships Or guide you on the right career path Our coaches are expert professionals In their field To help you win the game of life Listen to Coach Me Radio Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. Welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I am Ben. With me is Paul, and we're talking with Gary Hesseltine and the uh, media bias. So, Gary, please uh, continue. Yeah, so just before the ad, I was getting to the stage where I'd given this uh, ITV, which is a prominent uh, uh, terrestrial TV channel in the UK, and said, look, here's your exclusive. This is the field that Kurt Holt has taken me to personally and said that's where the beam came down and it's at the crux of the whole Rendlesham affair in terms of its credibility. Will you show it? And they said, oh, of course we will, of course we will. So anyway, when it came to the final show and it being played on terrestrial TV, 
TV in the UK. It was about two weeks ago, and they showed nothing of that field. They filmed it from a different angle, because uh, they'd also done a little other bit of filming from a different angle. They only went with that. Of two hours filming, they only went with 90 seconds of, uh, of, of that, of me on camera, which is usual. Uh, but what was significant is that there was no filming of the field where I talked about it, the significance of this. And here's the crux. At the end of the show, the presenter, a guy called Ben Shepard, he goes to the, uh, to the camera, so was it aliens or was it a lighthouse? Flying <laughs> <laughs> lighthouse. Well, and you, you know, so you can delivered. see. I mean, I just, I, I, I we, yeah, we've faced that. We, we filmed for two and a half days for a, a thing that went with this movie, The Conjuring, and everything intelligent that we said was edited out. You know, yeah. and, and but but that that's that's the entertainment thing, and I have to say that I'm not defending that. In the 35 years in the newspaper and magazine business, and and hundreds of editorial meetings, I never heard anyone deliberately trying to cant the news in any particular direction. I think the problem is there, but it's ignorance and it's a culture that sort of assumes that a certain point of view should be included. I don't even know if it's deliberate at this point. I think you're right, Gary, but I don't know if it's deliberate, particularly well, with, with a film editor who doesn't know anything about the subject. What say you? Well, I, I personally think that in, the, uh, that in many of the documentaries that I've worked on, the, the truth is not necessarily the, the, the is what they're after. They, oh, put, right. in, they put in a uh, program uh, script so, uh, of what they're going to try to achieve with this documentary. It will all also have a bottom line. What's the bottom line? And the bottom line, clearly for me in this program, is to keep the audience as confused as ever. Now, how would you not put in a world? Why would you not put in a world exclusive? That field has never been identified on camera, ever. Uh, in, a, in a documentary. Uh, it's where Holt put, took me personally when I took him back through the route. So you'd think that that should be news. And if it's central to uh, proving whether this is lights in the sky and confused airmen and it's a lighthouse, well, surely that uh, singular act of the UFO stopping above their heads, which surely isn't a flying lighthouse, uh, you know, is a case in point. It's at the crux of what's occurred there. Well, you're, you're right. And exclusive. And yet yeah, they yeah. can show it. So what 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 earthly uh, forgive the pun what earthly reason could they have for not showing what should be a major exclusive story? Well, one would think the media in general would be all over this issue. Uh, ah, now here's the thing: on the strength of that and on the issue with the binary codes that was in the magazine, I have tried to get the media to take this story up and, and investigate the binary codes. Nobody will go near it. And that's uh, very surprising that all the uh, UK media won't go anywhere near it, which I'm surprised about because usually any, any controversial story to do with Redisham, you remember the guy who, who uh, Kevin Condrew, who said he, he rode down the oh, yes. police down to Forest Mead. Uh, that went viral around the world. You remember mm -hmm. when the guy said he was burning manure in the forest and that was uh, causing the lights in the sky? That went viral. Viral, mm -hmm. um, so it's a bit odd that nobody's gone anywhere in this story. Even the Ipswich newspapers in Suffolk, England, who were the uh, you know this, that's they, where Rendlesham yeah. Forest is. Yeah, yeah, they wouldn't even pick it up either, which I find very odd. Yeah, no, it's very strange. Uh, well, what one wonders, um, uh, is the BBC, because uh, that's not the entire media in the UK, but how much government control is there on a, on a matter such as this in the BBC? I had a cousin who was 
in the BBC. Well, I, I've never worked at the time. BBC, and I grew up as a child loving the BBC, and I, I still think they cover spot brilliantly. Yeah, we but love it when, here too. But when you begin to realise what they do, it's by emission. It's, uh, you know, uh, in, in, in satellite TV now, you can flick around and go to 15, 20 news channels from all around the world. And uh, when you do that, you suddenly see that the BBC are actually not reporting things that are prominent in other countries. And then you think, well, why not? Yeah. Uh, and there are some really big stories that aren't getting covered. So when you begin to realise that that's the case, you then begin to look at the BBC in a slightly different light. Historically, with UFOs, it's absolutely a joke. Um, I, I remember a couple of years ago, Oh, again, going back to Rendlesham Forest, in the run-up to that 30th anniversary, uh, before the Penison Revelations, um, uh, somebody who's quite well-known there as a presenter, nothing to do with UFOs, he's not an expert in UFOs, he ended up doing this radio show for the BBC, and he was pulling Rendlesham apart, and yet he was given a platform to do so, and he even, he'd never even delved into the subject. Mm-hmm. He, he just, it was just a kind of like... Paul Scorn on it, and he didn't know what he was talking about. Armchair yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and unfortunately, oh, it is one of my little bugbears, really, that the the internet has created billions of armchair experts. Yes, yeah, right. Uh, but unfortunately, they never get off the butt and do anything active, mm. and that is a shame. Uh, now, there's just so much information out there, but people become armchair experts without ever actually doing any proper research themselves. Uh, and, and I think that's just, and that's not just UFOs, I think that's probably any subject there is in the world. Oh, very uh, true. Gary, I'm afraid we're just out of time, but I wanted to give you a chance to, to state your website one more time, because I, I didn't state it correctly at the beginning of the show. Right. The, the website domain has changed. The URL has changed from .com to .co.uk. So the, the UFO Truth magazine... Uh, if you just put that into a search engine, but it's www.ufotruthmagazine.co.uk. Very and, good. Uh, it's a nice new website up there. Excellent. Well, Gary, a fascinating conversation as always. Thank you for staying up so late. It's Indeed. one in the morning where you are almost. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, uh, thanks again for a great conversation. Nice. So, it's always a pleasure. It's Greg, always a pleasure to have you. Talk to you soon. So you can visit our show website at www.behindtheparanormal.com where you can find over 500 free podcasts of all of our past shows and also check out our site at www.newenglandghosts.com where there are case studies and photos along with articles by my dad. You can find my books on Barnes & Noble Nook, e-reader, and Amazon Kindle, and of course the usual suspect uh, sites, etc., etc. But if you buy them directly at behindtheparanormal.com, I will sign them for you, whoop-de-doo, and, will you, and you will help us keep all those podcasts free. Also on our sites, you'll find direct links to several charities that Ben and I have adopted, including USA Cares and Canadian Veterans Advocacy. So many thanks to our producer, uh, Brandon Jackson. And next week, December 15th, you can catch us again right here on CBS New Sky Radio. And we're not sure quite. We're going to probably do an open line show. Probably. A couple guests in the office. In the meantime, tune in to our Boston Providence Drive Time Show on WOON 1240 and com at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 Pacific, every Monday. And we leave you this evening with a quote from that old sweetheart, Mark Twain. Truth is stranger than fiction, but it is because fiction is obliged to stick to possibilities. Truth isn't. I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno. And thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey. And we'll see you next time.